I'm Justin. I'm James. And I'm Corinne. And on this episode, we're going to be discussing Passage by Jason Romer. Uh, you may notice that Cleo is once again missing. Um, the Goblin King has still not returned her. Cleo has not yet completed her personal journey, please. Fair. Yeah, she's the one with agency in this situation. Yes, Justin. The phrase kidnapping implies certain things in my own brain. <laughs> so anyway, Passage. Uh, this is uh, an indie game. Developed by Jason Rower, it was part of a very specific uh, game jam e event that uh, involved creating very very small downloadable games. Um, and so Jason Rower created this pixel art game that takes place on a very tiny strip of screen and comes in at like mm-hmm. less than half a megabyte of of space or something like that. Um, and it's this this game where you you take on the role of a of, of a guy progressing through a very thin strip of, of pixel art map. Um, and you're sort of, as you, as you progress through this very short game, you, you see your character aging and you, you get, you discover this is about the passage of life and time and how we spend our lives and what they mean. Justin, not until after the spoiler break. Well. For... And on to the spoiler break. <laughs> For for our, for the five minute game, yes, we can only talk about the first two minutes of right. the game. And then... So uh, I will say that one of the other sort of mechanics to the game is that uh, the 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 position of your character on the narrow strip of screen uh, changes as you age. Um, you start off on the very left hand side of the screen, and you work your way to the very right hand side of the screen as the game progresses and this affects what you are able to see on the map mm-hmm. at any given moment. Yeah. And uh, the one other thing, which I actually didn't know until like the second or third time I played the game, not like individual times, but like uh, instances where I would seek out this game and download it again, um, is that you can go up and down on the map, which is great. Cause on his website, he says like, Hey, you can go up and down on the map. It very important that you know that. It's a big part of the game. And it's just like in like a bullet point on his website where you download it. Completely missed it like the first two times I I played this game. Same. Same. Yeah. Yeah. It's and which makes some sense, right? Like the game is not does not exist to teach all of itself to you in one go. It was made for a game jam where he could sit down and say, Hey, uh, up, down, left, right moves you, you can move outside of the outside of the passage. Um so it's it's hard to blame him that this thing that he did for a small project ended up being like widely downloaded. He was like, yeah, I'm not going to add a tutorial. <laughs> yeah. The tutorial for the game would be like, would, would take up a significant percentage of the game's entire runtime. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So actually speaking of times that I've played this game, uh, I, I think it's probably worth pointing out that I, I didn't actually play this game this week, despite, despite my best efforts. Um, so this game used to be more widely available, but I, I don't, I think it just hasn't been like super well, uh, maintained, which is fine. This is a game from like 10 years ago or something. This is, am I right? Is this 2008 or is it 2006 maybe? Uh, 2007 at least. Got it. And so you, you can go to the website to download it and there's like, it, I, it speaks to it a little bit in that there are Intel and power PC, uh, Mac versions of the game. But uh, for whatever reason, both of those and the just the Windows executable, I could not run on even like on like the Windows partition of my computer, which, as Corinne knows, um, accessing that was at great personal risk to me because last time I did that, I couldn't get out. So 
yeah, I actually haven't re- I haven't played this game for uh, a few years at at this point. So I'm going to be going off of memories. I think the last time I played it was was in college. Uh, disclaimer: Same. I don't I don't know about you. I played it three times last night. Nice. Because I am on my grind. Karina is the best of us. That's true. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> <That's been> true. <laughs> <laughs> and so modest. Apparently, it was briefly available on the App Store, but uh, if you follow that link, it's not there anymore. So, it. I, I will say this: this episode might. It. We'll see how much longer this episode is. Um, relatable content because it might be that uh, I don't know. Within the next few years, it's possible that just no one can play this anymore unless you're running like an older PC. But yeah, so I guess with two of us going off of memories and only one of us having played the game in the last three years, I guess do we want to speak very briefly about like the notion of spoiler breaks? Are we going to do something like that this episode? Do we want to just say like? I think I we mean, should. I think we should go around and do our recommendations and then just jump into it. Yeah, like jokes aside, I, I that's the whole game. Uh, yeah, I would recommend it if you can play it. It's um, it's pretty low effort so it's not like it's gonna you know cost you much to do outside of getting your computer set up to run it uh and outside of that i i really do think that it's it's very cool it's um it's kind of one of the early like poster children for like games as art which is a whole conversation that uh we're not going to get too far into here unless we do who knows um but at the very least it's interesting Uh, i think it's a really neat way that uh you can express story or notions or even just kind of like ideas uh kind of strictly through mechanics um a way of sort of telling a story without any real dialogue it's i think at the very least it's it's pretty cool right like even if it's not really your jam uh, i feel like at a certain point you have to admit that it's it's a cool thing um and it only takes you five minutes to play it yeah it's not although we're not we're not liable for when you inevitably sit down for 30 to 40 to play it many times in a row yeah, it's absolutely worth like going back through a few different times and trying to do things differently, seeing how like changing this or that affects your your structure, etc. Um, I would recommend it. Uh, like I said, it only takes five minutes. Um, and it, at least for me, it was kind of it was kind of what I think of as one of the first games of sort of like the indie explosion that happened in the 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 late aughts. I suppose the late aughts and early teens of this millennium. I, I think that it's easy to forget that we didn't, you know, we didn't always have our uh, our Minecrafts and our uh, Gone Homes and you know our what else? What are some other good ones? Our uh, oh, what is it? Uh, Braids. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we didn't. We didn't always have these games. Um, there was. There was a. There was this sort of distinct, almost almost line in the sand uh, kind of thing of like cultural shift that happened uh, right around the time that Passage was coming out, where ga- games before that were things that were made by studios, and that's just what they were. And then suddenly, we got the tools necessary to you know make game design uh, a- an achievable activity for a single person, and we started getting all of these crazy new different types of games and experimental games and and uh, games trying to tell stories in different ways and, and games that were focused on telling these tiny little micro stories uh, and doing it 
well and these new mechanics and these these crazy new ideas and it was it was it entirely changed the landscape of video games um and i think passage is sort of in my in my mind passage is sort of the watershed moment of that so play it (laughs) also if you are a young person and have not had the experience of just going off and downloading shareware or freeware from a potentially sketchy looking website, but that you think seems legit. Uh, this is a good way to kind of approximate that, that experience from kind of that same time in home computing. Ah, brings me back. Uh, I would also strongly recommend passage um, to reiterate it. It's only five minutes and it's, it's just so extremely worth experiencing for anybody with a remote interest in games that that are trying to say something or or tell tell a particular kind of story and tell stories that only games can play is I think sort of one another one of the the key things yeah yeah because not not to we don't we won't get into it probably but to talk about the games as art thing, right? Something that a lot of people who argue on the side of games are and can be art is that the the examples of that are the examples when games do things that cannot be replicated in other media. media. Uh, all right. So do you want to draw the, the spoiler line there? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um. So uh, just to get right out in front of it, uh, the end of Passage, you die. Yeah, yep. you die at the end. Your wife always dies before you, which is sad. It is. Yeah. Unless you unless you don't have a wife. That's true. She probably dies before you anyway. She probably does. You just can't see it. <gasps> I wonder what would happen if you went back. I think by the time she would die, you can't get back, right? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. What if she doesn't? Like what if what if marrying you is the worst thing she ever does? It <laughs> like she would have lived like a longer happier life and you just don't get to know that passage were made today players would have demanded the local cooperative mode where somebody else could play as the wife if you chose not to get married and create this split screen passage affair that actually would have been kind of cool i mean it defeats the purpose of size but yeah that actually would be kind of cool it would be yeah anyway um life's a bitch and then you die yeah so the first time i ever played passage I, I honestly, I was very affected by it. Uh, I, and <laughs> the first time I played Passage, I didn't know that you could move up or down. I just thought, I thought the game was, you walk forward, you fall in love with a woman, and the two of you walk forward together for another four minutes and 30 seconds, and then you die. And in that time, I tried to go backwards and the game stops you at a certain point. You know, you can only go so far backwards in the game. And just that entire process of, of just walking forward and seeing your both of you age, and then her dying, and then you die, that affected me a great deal. Yeah, same. It's, it, is a very, it is a very effective and affecting game. Almost in a way that feels weird to talk about right? Because it, it feels almost like trite and obvious and it's just like, oh yeah, you hold right and you're there and then someone else is there and then she dies and you walk slower and then you die. And it 
I, I feel like it's a weird thing to describe to someone else who maybe hasn't also had that experience. Um, not of living and dying, sure. but of... Uh, <laughs> playing passage. Like of playing the thing, yeah. But it really is beautiful in its simplicity. Like it, like elegance really is like a, a big notion in game design and in, uh, I mean, in computer science in general. But this really is a, a very elegant game. I honestly, I almost like it better when it, the whole thing is just you walk forward and you attempt to break out of this system by walking backwards, but you cannot. Time marches on. Yeah. And all you can do is move forward. I think one of the things that I like most about that version of the game is, um, I guess is the way that it does go back and like play with things like early platformers, right? You know, like just the notion that like you move right and you can't go left. And on one hand, that was just how Mario worked. But on the other here, like it, it's that same, that trope that was a mechanical thing. Um, being used to uh then like it to mean something to convey a different thing um i don't know it i there's something really nice about that no i th- i wholeheartedly agree because that's it's almost something that makes this game more compelling for the people that have that experience right because you recognize this as like a mechanical thing that you have seen and played with in other games and for that idea that you're so familiar with to be used to to represent this you know this notion of being unable to to go back in a in a metaphorical way uh is all is all the more powerful for having had that experience so did either of you read uh his his like description of what the game is about back when i first played it definitely i don't think so i was very tired last night (laughs) (laughs) I, it, you really, it, it's interesting because like you really don't need to, uh, is kind of the, the best thing about it. Um, but also it's so bizarre just because the whole notion of, of anyone being like it, writing, you know, like a brief essay about like, this is what my art means just feels really bizarre. <laughs> but, uh, if, if you go to his website, one of the, the links is just like my explanation of the game and it's, it's nothing, um, it's nothing like world shaking. It's, it's a game about living and dying. Um, but one of the things that I do really like about it is it's really interesting to be able to like see his process to, to see him like writing about what he was going through at the time and what inspired him to want to make a game like this. Um, he talks about the fact that, uh, he bases like the, the appearance of the, the two characters in the game and like what they wear off of, um, him and his wife and like their sort of like favorite outfits at different points in their lives and a lot of little just kind of like sweet things like that and sort of like what what some of his ideas were behind the things it and one of the things that is kind of cool about it is that he does a really good job of conveying those ideas in the game which is why nothing really feels super surprising um but it's it's an interesting read i mean it's also it's barely a read right like it's it's like a page of text, but um, it, it's worth checking out if you've got if you've got a minute at some point after after you've played it, just to like see him actively writing about what he was going for. So I guess even now, this comes from having not played it as long, right? You you can 
move through this game and and it can be a solo experience in the sense that your avatar does not get married yes that is correct and i think it's interesting that the the game is designed as such that if you do or do not get married certain paths do and do not open to you um if i remember correctly you can there's are certain things you can do or, or places that you can go only if you do get married and the inverse also being true if you do not you like especially can no longer really progress down uh yeah that's that's right um I guess I do kind of have a little bit of a benefit in that I, I reread the here's what my game is about uh, more recently where he talks about like specifically these things. Um, but yeah, no, you're, you're exactly right. I don't know about any places that you can only get to if you're married. And yeah, that may not be true. But your your walk score is doubled. When you... Pro- it might be that. When you progress yeah. forward, when you make forward progress, so there's a point tracker in Passage, and when you progress forward solo, it goes up by one point per meaningful amount of time moving forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're married, it progresses by two points per. Uh-huh. Yeah, that might be. There it. was definitely something quantifiable about it. Apparently, literally. I thought there were some opportunities that you could only get to if you were married, but it, that also very well might not be true. I also didn't play enough times to really dig in that deep yeah yeah some of them are it might be that they're just kind of harder to find uh but yeah and the the thing that i am definitely shakier on right now is what the you know the sort of act of choosing to progress down so there are treasure treasure chests um there are the the lower levels of the game are increasingly complex is a complete increasingly complex maze of obstacles and there are treasure chests some of which have uh these uh stars in them and each star gives you a hundred points um so your score in the game uh if you just spend your entire time walking forward it ends in it, you end up with a score in the mid-700s. Um, especially because if you spend your whole game just walking forward, you have gotten a wife, and your score goes up by two for each each time you walk forward. Uh, doing a, a run solo, um, I ended up with a score in the low 1,000s. Um, even, even with you know backtracking and going around maze obstacles, I found enough treasure chests, and some of them are duds. A good portion of them are duds that don't give you anything. But I found enough treasure chests with treasure in them to get my score up higher than I was able to do it uh, just progressing forward with uh, a wife. It's... I feel like it's such a good abstraction of uh, just life goals and achievements. Um, It feels like the kind of thing where it would be so tempting to make those achievements a bit more nuanced or something or have this notion of... um, you're you're trading off this thing like this specific kind of score for that specific kind of score or anything like that um or like creating more of a notion of cost or or anything along those lines um or to have it be like items or any i don't know it it feels so tempting to complicate it and i really love just the yep it's all it's all just points and bigger points is more and more is gooder in video games so try and more point and it it's it's as easy as that and it's so easy to pull that abstraction out into just like it not even like 
it, like sort of it, whatever you want it to be, I guess, like it number of accomplishments or achievements in your life or happiness with your life or satisfaction with your life or just the kind of general of money fulfillment. you could earn. Yeah. Like, yeah, maybe it is. If you want to think about it that way, absolutely. It's like, yep, you've just got two incomes now. And it, it's such a, it's such a good abstraction because it can really be whatever you want it to be. It, it feels like, I don't, I, I guess like to go back a little bit, like to, not to, to cross our streams very much, but in that Dark Knight Returns feels so much like this is Frank Miller telling you what Frank Miller thinks about things. This is so abstracted that you don't necessarily get the notion that Jason Rohr is telling you what he thinks about something. He's creating something that will resonate with you sort of generically, you know, like it, you can put onto it what you want to put onto it, and that will let you take from it what you need or want to take from it. Um, and that level of abstraction, I think, really just kind of speaks to that notion of someone who is just sort of struggling with something themselves. They're not here to just be like, I figured it out, and I'm going to explain it to you with my game. It's, I don't know, I got a lot of thinking to do, too. Um, but I don't know, it's such a nice abstraction. I think one of the strengths of Passage, as as you were saying, is that it is exactly as much game as it needs to be to be maximally effective. Um, it it there's there's nothing else on top of it. There's no it you know nobody came around and tried to make a Passage Two where they took the, the the concept of Passage and then tried to like add a twist or add add some extra narrative or interpret what anything meant or, or anything like that. It's the game is incredibly simple. It's incredibly basic. It's like we, as we said, it's very elegant and it is exactly as much of a thing as it, as it needs to be. Yeah. Okay. So what's, what would be the worst passage to, What's the cutscenes? The one cutscenes and dialogue. You can add okay. You can add one thing to Passage to make it the worst game you can think of. More, more wives, more potential wives. Polygamy. No, no, not polygamy. <laughs> Specifically, it becomes wife finding simulator. Ah. More wives with different powers. That would be the worst version of Passage. <laughs> each each wife can can like modify your modify what you can get in different, in different ways and yeah. what you can get into in different ways. Uh -huh. While that would be, I think, an interesting game in and of itself, <laughs> I think it would be a terrible Passage too. Yeah. <laughs> Not Passage. We'll make it that instead. Um, split screen co-op <laughs> where your the male character moves on a vertical and the female character moves on or your character moves on a horizontal the female character moves on a vertical so you have to work together to control I don't think that's a bad version I think that's actually a good version that sounds pretty cool <laughs> <laughs> this becomes a cooperative platformer where yeah, you, you yeah. Know, it's portal 2 in a, in a in a 2d plane I just I I think more narrative like anything that that amplifies the amount of like story or message that's trying to like be in this game would completely throw out what's most valuable about it. Frank Miller writes the writes yeah. the story for Passage Two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a surefire way to make anything worse. 
Yeah, now I'm just running through all of like the really tropey uh like indie game mechanics, like it just kind of the the puzzle platformer with a twist kind of old gag on what I guess the new de facto indie game is Metroidvania with a twist. But yeah, it, time travel mechanics. Um which I guess this has a little bit of because you can go back a little bit, but that's that feels less time travel. That's more like it's not requiring you to be super precise with your inputs. Like you can, you can just miss the thing by a little bit and correct yourself. Um, yeah, but if you found like a portal that sent you back to the beginning, except with your wife. I got it. I know what the worst thing is. It's exactly the same game, except you move from right to left and Benjamin Button the whole thing. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Just, I, at, you just You just do braid at the end. Just at the end, you go back and you were the monster the whole time. Yeah. Uh, uh, in-app purchases. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that is. They just give you stuff. And it's just for that run. You only get them for five minutes and then it just goes away. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, uh, ads. In-game ads, but that are marketed towards people of that age bracket at any point where you are in the game. Oh, <laughs> nope, God. that sounds better. That sounds better. <laughs> I it, the beauty of all of our ideas. I think each of them has created a separate and interesting game. Uh, that <laughs> we, is, and all of them would be terrible passage too. Yeah, they exactly. They're all terrible passage games, but they're all. <laughs> each and every one of them is at least a very funny satire of <laughs> some bullshit. Okay, so we need a we need a, a passage two game jam, and we need to make all of these little micro games. Actually, real talk. The passage to game jam would be would a be really good idea. Great. Yeah, it's <laughs> uh, gonna go ahead and call Jason. Hey, but okay. So, yeah. is the goal of the passage to game jam to make the best passage two you can, or the worst? No, I think it's got to be the worst. worst. Yeah, it's, it's got to be, be the worst. worst one. Yeah. Oh God, this is such a good idea. This is the guys. best thing we've ever done. I'm glad that we're wrapping up this podcast. <laughs> this is gonna give us plenty of time to work on our just our series of game jams. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, so it we we kind of joked about this probably being a short episode because it's a short game, um, and it is you know very much the kind of thing where it's its simplicity is part of the beauty, and that doesn't like take away from its depth or like the the conversations worth having about it. But um, is there that much else that we want to get into? I feel like the big the big questions that talking about passage tends to bring up are the are games art question and then the things surrounding that and frankly i i don't know about you all but that's just not really a conversation i'm super interested in having because i feel like having the conversation suggests that there are two sides to it and i don't think that's true i think fucking anything can be art if you want it to be art it's in the eye of the beholder and nothing needs to justify itself for that so ditto you know, it's the kind of thing where it's like we can we can have that conversation, but at a certain point it feels like the more people talk about it, the more it makes it sound like it's not it's settled. Debate. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I guess like for, for some historical context, for, you know, anyone who maybe wasn't aware of Passage when it came out or hasn't like engaged with that kind of stuff since, you know, this really was one of those early games that brought up some of those questions. Like back when... You know, and you compare it to some of the stuff that had been out, you understand where that comes from. We're still, if this was 2006, 2007, we're still a year or two out from stuff like Bioshock. You know, some of the, some of the most recent, like, ah, see me art 
kind of games, you know, and then kind of that indie explosion that Corinne, you were talking about that kind of brought that second facet to it. And it's just like, Oh, like you can make stuff on a smaller budget. And so it was very much embroiled in some of those, those conversations in a really interesting way, just a way that feels less interesting today than it maybe did at that point. Yeah. And I mean, this is more or less been said, but I think the biggest thing with passages that it is, it is a deeply personal experience. Ultimately, like everybody who plays Passage, there are certain central tenets that we're all going to like play and understand and, and come away from the game. But very much it's it's a personal journey of, of seeing what this game like means and says to you. And I think, you know, a lot of people are going to have wildly different takeaways, not about what the game is ultimately about, but what that means for them. One of my favorite moments in the game is when you're you're going through and you find yourself like so close to a treasure chest, visually at least, but you can't reach it. Like you can't get there to open it. Or even the moments where it's like if if you're married, you like it's just your your wife is in between you and the treasure chest and you can't reach it because her character is standing there. Um it really has those really I, I feel like that tension that it creates in that, like, I'm so close, but I also know that it is impossible. And even when you know, like, exactly the reason, and that's, like, and even when it's the kind of thing where it's just, like, no, like, I made these other choices and I'm happy with these choices, but it does such a good job of confronting you with, you need to look at, like, the consequences of that. And, again, in such a simple way, it, like, it, in a way that, like, we've played some games that are ostensibly about choice in video games and blah, 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 blah. And like, a big conversation around that, whatever. And, like, even these big things that feel like it's so just like, oh, consequences and live with your actions. All of those things with these big, crazy systems just never feel as effective as standing just on the other side of a teeny tiny wall that stops you from getting to this treasure chest that you've been trying to get for the last, you know, minute or so. Just that that realization that you've come this far and it doesn't matter. You just can't get it. God, that it's so good at doing that just feels... I don't. It feels like it shouldn't be able to, right? But oh, it's so good. Yeah. Passages, it's, it's very good at telling a story through mechanics, at telling a story that only a video game can tell. Um, and at telling a story that other games who try to rely on narrative the way that movies do it, narrative the way that books do it, can't do. And I think I think it's why it's why some stories are best told only through games. James, you uh, talked in the Dark Knight Returns episode about, you know, the idea of death of the author and how that's uh, like a, a something that you try to subscribe to when it comes to experiencing works and not attributing ideas and things to you know, to their creator. And it's something that, that I also try to do. And I frequently grapple with it because it, it can be a difficult thing depending on how much you know about a person or how much you know about what agenda they might have. And I think the thing that's really interesting about passage and about games in general is that the agency that you're given makes the, like subscribing to the idea of death of the author a, a much easier thing to do and and how you can you can very much sort of lose yourself in in the game and not think about 
the creator of this thing really trying to te- like to force an idea on you or to tell you a very specific thing because with the right amount of agency they're not you are making it happen yeah it really feels like Rory very much steps back from that you know he he sets up this thing and then just sort of lets it off i i think it's really worth reading that that little description about the, like what my game means um uh, especially for the little bit where he kind of talks about where he was at when he made it and sort of what his headspace was like it's it's an interesting little little read um but yeah i that's very much in line i think with with where he was at in that moment where it was just it's like yeah i didn't have a thing to say about it like i he didn't have an agenda to like force into the game because he was still just like thinking about stuff i'd be really interested in uh someone who like doesn't play video games or like doesn't play like this kind of game or isn't used to having that experience of like game mechanics uh, familiar game mechanics being used to abstract um very complicated i guess i should say to successfully abstract uh very complicated um very i'll say very complicated ideas um you know in what i don't know someone like i don't know, what someone would say to the fact that we're sitting here and just being like yeah this game uses just score in a way that does a great job of abstracting just whatever quantifier you use to judge like your satisfaction with life whether you want to think about that as money or power or happiness or satisfaction or self-actualization or whatever it is i'd be really curious to hear someone who like hasn't had an experience that lets them wrap their head around that as like oh yeah like i remember when this mechanic was used to make me think about a bigger thing like do we just sound crazy to that person it's just like, oh, man, you've got a little score number like in Mario, and when that number goes up, that means life satisfaction, and that's really good. Or like, oh, I can't move left, and that means this or that. And there's like, I, I don't give a shit. Like, I, I'm really curious about what, what this whole conversation sounds like to someone who doesn't have that point of reference of being like, oh, yeah, I remember when, like, I, like, lost all of my like weapons in a shooter and that made me feel disempowered like i this this thing this mechanical thing made me feel a way about life um well i don't think i'd have a lot of luck explaining this to my grandmother so there's that (laughs) yeah yeah does that just sound crazy it's like yeah you move from left to right and then your score goes up and there are ways that you can kind of affect that and eventually you get married and then you die this is like okay like it sounds it sounds so uninteresting (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what level of familiarity you need with games or with game tropes or anything to to derive meaning from this. It's hard to say. Yeah. I guess there's a boring way to describe anything, right? But yeah, still. Describe pass- passage badly. That there we go. That's that's our new. You move forward and then you die. That's our new jam. <laughs> yeah, it's a writing jam. Yeah, you exactly. Game jam. Yeah. Just moving right along. Passage jams. Okay, new I, new business idea. Bad jams. The whole idea. It's 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 a blank jam, and the goal is always to make the worst thing that you can. We could do the bad jams jam jam, and you, you're you're trying to make the worst jam you can make. 
that's the brainstorm that's the first brainstorming session the company has though yeah exactly that's that's what it's called <laughs> uh all right so we should go get that trademarked immediately yeah Oh, I was thinking like actual jam, like fruit preserves. But yeah, no, also for oh. coming up with ideas for bad for bad jams. Well, that would just uh, be the I bad just, jams jam. Right. I just mean the bad bad jams we need to get trademarked. Yeah. Anyway. And then, and then we can sell the bad jams that I, people make as you know, bad jams. I think we might be scratching the bottom of the barrel in terms of content at this point. So maybe we what? should. Uh, yeah. This our wife has died. We need to end this. Okay. This episode is going to be really short because we're going to have to cut all this bad jam stuff so no one steals it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, so with that, yeah, I think we're going to think we're going to put a bow on passage. Um, uh, next up is going to be Labyrinth, directed by Jim Henson, and then after that's going to be our topic, and that'll be the end of the end. Um, I didn't make a beginning of the end joke. Damn it! I have to put that in the episode. All right. Until then, though, thank you so much for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode of Read, Watch, Play. If you want to help us out, the best thing you can do is tell your friends about the show. You can also rate and review us on iTunes. If you want to follow us on social media, you can find us at RWP Podcast on Twitter and like us at Facebook.com slash RWP Podcast. There's music playing in our apartment. But like literally in your apartment? Yeah, I got it. The cat did it. <laughs> the cat <laughs> The cat hit the play button on our speakers. <laughs> nice. She's uh she's learned how to um adjust the volume. So when we're watching TV, she goes and she sits in front of the TV on our on our speaker system and uh it'll just get really loud. <laughs> but, but yeah, she she hit the play button this time. <laughs> She's learning. Yeah, she's learning something. Right now we're trying to teach her how to drink water. (laughs) (laughs) Is she drinking? Chelsea Chelsea put a treat in the water and she's going for she's trying to figure out how to get the treat without drinking. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um what was I talking about? (laughs) 